it has been a dark time. But yeah. This was a, it was a difficult year for us. It started with promise, and it's come to embody everything that I hate about my favourite art form, which is movies. It's been like uh, the, you know, the slow defeat. We've uh, <laughs> we yeah, we started we started off in like the glorious first age, and we're currently sort of tracking through the mud that is the third age. And our, our foes are getting lamer, but also more threatening as we grow weaker. There's always been some kind of glimmer of hope on the horizon, and obviously there have been vestiges of victory in unlikely places. I mean, I, I didn't want to reach the end of this year by thinking, you know what, one of the best things I saw was Avengers Endgame. I mean, that was one of the things I was least excited for, but a lot of the indie pictures have let me down. A lot of the blockbusters have been yep. lacking. Real, real um, lacklusterous TV season as well. I know we don't talk about TV much on here, but yeah, pretty, pretty poor showing from many sectors of the visual entertainment industry <laughs> so this is aaron and josh check for traps reading the last rights of the year prematurely we're going to be talking about the few remaining movies of interest whatsoever coming out in the next few months we've got a you know a bountiful well not the, the opposite of bountiful we've got a selection we've got what yeah we've got what remains <laughs> the, the opposite of a bounty. we've got what i guess we've got what the studios for needed to be kicked into the october november wasteland and what they banked everything on for christmas less of plenty and more of what dries up in a gutter on a sunny day there's some fag ends <laughs> there's some rizzlers that you can't use anymore if you get really close and inhale you'll be able to smell the remains of a fosters that's dried out a bit <laughs> so um, so we're gonna we're gonna come in strong on uh the kind of the main release of the year and we're gonna talk about that in depth but the it's tentpole the, of tentpole movies <laughs> indeed the 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 Franchise ender to end all franchise enders until the next one, but Star Wars Episode Nine, The Rise of Skywalker. The Rise of Skywalker. I was thinking actually about what a terrible title this is for the end of, not only the end of a trilogy, but the end of a trilogy of trilogies. I, I mean, I think even Revenge of the Sith is a better name, and I, I'm not like trying to you know hate on, like nitpick and hate on it, but I'm just thinking in terms of things that evoke the end. Like the rise of the Skywalker yes. doesn't really do it for me. No, I agree. I mean, anything else? You could have just had the end of something. I wouldn't have even thought that was bad. You know what I would have preferred? We were talking about Jesus movies earlier today. I would have preferred the Passion of the Skywalker. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> what, but like in the old sense, like the suffering of the Skywalker. Yes, Passi yes, indeed. Passio elder Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> for all you Latin fans out there. <laughs> I think I, yeah, I think I've told you before, but I am really excited for this film to be out just so the the cultural debate moves forward from The Last Jedi. Like I, I'm really looking forward to that being, that having the context that the movie after it get, will give it is, is going to be really good for me and my YouTube viewing experience. Linking in with, you know, what we were saying earlier about how this, uh, and as we've said over the months now, how this year has kind of embodied everything that we actually find quite disagreeable about popular movie culture. I think that's what upsets me the most about The Rise of Skywalker in that um, I just want to be clear, uh, caring too much about Star Wars is absolutely pathetic, and yet I consider myself one of those people unfortunately it's also a very so, valid way to make a living these days seemingly like we uh, seemingly hate women and love star wars and by god in, you can get checks for days indeed if only we were more misogynist <laughs> but the uh yeah the i mean i mean it's it's upsetting that 
so much is not not riding on this movie like I care about like the end of Star Wars but just because I haven't seen that many interesting movies this year that this trilogy that for me started off very well then had a very strange middle chapter just kind of has to stagger to its end and it's almost like a um I don't know it's like a perverse joke in some like David Fincher movie because it's it's Star Wars so it objectively means a lot just because so much has come before it and then it's even worse because it was this this kind of like Faustian gambit where as fans we were all like resurrect the trilogy bring back the saga and do it right this time you know kind of uh, uh, right the wrongs of the prequel series uh and they were like oh we'll bring it back but you'll come to hate it for entirely different reasons and i mean hate is a strong word but yeah we've had a rough ride to get here i, I think mean it's just uh, probably gonna i mean unless they do this time travel stuff that we'll go into uh, it's just gonna be really boring yeah i think I, just, uh, I think the thing is what we've had since disney took over tenureship we've had four films right we've had mm. force awakens rogue one last jedi solo solo and i think the thing is i i honestly even think if we just had seven and eight we might have been better disposed <laughs> towards this film yeah i just it's a very strange feeling it's not that, i mean compared to the the sheer or not sheer excitement is a bit too strong the i felt genuine excitement going um heading into the last jedi yes um, me too and you me know too. i had been two years a lot had changed in my life but i was like you know hey this this is seemingly a constant now is that i get a, a big star wars movie every two years and i guess that's kind of cool and then before yeah. that cycle could even really take off i had to watch it explode in front of me um <laughs> and then again like i said you know two two more years have passed a lot more has changed uh and yet the, yeah there's no excitement now there's like a like i said there's a strange sense of oh thank god this two years is over yes. in terms of what people have been talking about and that's about it i mean and i guess like thank god that star wars will move past the skywalkers now and it can i mean i i i don't i don't i i believe there is enough in the star wars universe it's iconic enough and that people are invested enough that you can make other stories in it hmm. so that's fine i don't i don't agree that this is it for star wars I mean, no I, d I don't i don't think this is it but i think it was um it was tragic and completely unnecessary for it to go wrong again when there was this much behind it especially when the conception of this series um rather sorry this new trilogy all of the copy and like the you know the media quotes leading up to the force awakens were hilariously knowing about what people didn't like about the prequels and they were marketing it like i, I know that they never said this overtly but i think they as good as said in the marketing you will like this because it doesn't make the mistakes of the star wars prequels which i thought was at once really good but then also like kind of hilariously cheap i mean yes george lucas didn't set out to make something terrible <laughs> no indeed he just uh yeah i mean no one had tried to cut that many corners before as far as shooting literally everything on green screen i mean he probably thought it was going to work beforehand but yeah i mean for, for them to have fallen into entirely new pitfalls was it's an interesting epoch in pop culture history i just wish that you know me and everyone else i wish that we just learn a lesson from this Definitely. we need to stop trying to run screaming back to feelings from our childhood yeah i, I think i think the fact you can make a multi-billion dollar franchise off of just screaming back to our childhood mm. <laughs> is fascinating 
and they they have a couple of exclusive pictures. There are two of note, I think. I mean, I'm gonna. I, I guess there's there's more than two. There's like nine pictures, but most of them are fairly lacklusterous. I mean, they're sound theories in as much as you can make a sound theory based on one detail from a trailer. But um, there are some relatively sound theories floating around the internet uh, that the Rise of Skywalker is going to be a ripoff of the end of uh, Avengers Endgame in the sense that it will be a time travel caper back through the old films for one purpose or another. And me and Aaron are obsessively trying to corroborate this theory through whatever information comes out. So you've already told me that most of the pictures are superfluous. Well, yeah. So Anything, anything good to hand? So I'll run, you, I'll run you through them. So from the beginning, you've got a big two-page spread of the, the Knights of Ren, which I think has been doing the rounds. Sick. Uh, interesting fact that I did actually get confirmed today. This is going to feel a bit like the Nerd Crew. It got confirmed today by Disney. Um, no, yeah, Disney confirmed in a press release or something that uh, each of the Knights of Ren has a name, uh, which I, I guess is a given, but I guess the idea is to say that they are more characters than, say, like the Praetorian Guard or right. like Snoke's Royal Guard, etc. Um, they all have kind of like spy skills names. Yeah, because like, I don't you know, think Ren you... Spice, Scary <laughs> Ren. Because I don't even remember, I actually own the um, Last Jedi uh, and Force Awakens art books. And in those, oh, yeah. in those, they are given names. They're given like pseudonyms. Like one of them's called like the monk, uh, mm. and like the raider and stuff. This, um, and so like they, they, yeah, I think they are supposed to be like unique and interesting characters or henchmen. Maybe I, do, I guess we'll see what role they're in. So that's like the, probably the most interesting picture. Actually, I'd say that's the second most interesting picture. The most interesting picture you've alluded to is uh, Kylo Ren seemingly being bathed in blue light and pushed back in a hangar bay as stormtroopers yes. fall en masse around him, but seemingly are just, like, pushed backwards by something. Uh, now, it could be something energy-based, but obviously the theory that we're going to slavishly stick to and probably be proven wrong at is that it's time travel! <gasps> We've decided it's a portal, some kind yeah. of portal opening up. It's, um, and, Rick. you know, because our headcanon matters the most. <laughs> Rick from Rick and Morty has burst through, <laughs> uh, and Dan Harmon is collecting a big check. Indeed. Uh, we got Fat Lando. Fat Lando's like in a doorway. I mean, uh, I think it is the Millennium Falcon, I think, because you can see like the cross-hatched bar behind it. Right. The Millennium Falcon is clearly on a planet. It's a planet with the same like sunshine as the leaf planet that, that mm. Ray is pictured next to. There is also a picture. I think it's a... I, I assume this is a... Yeah, it has to... Yeah, like, I've just, there's, a, there's a picture of Chewbacca holding a baby, but... This is definitely a behind-the-scenes photo because there is a man with an Adidas tracksuit on behind him. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it really is going in a bold new direction, Josh. They've travelled all the way to present-day yeah. Earth. Exactly. They've, they've, they've landed in like uh, the nice part of Russia. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, no, that's definitely a behind-the-scenes photo. Then there is a still of that same planet, the same like lighting on that planet, and it's Ray, Finn, Poe, Chewbacca, and... Um, fuck, what's he called? BB-8, uh, all talking to C-3PO, who I hear goes crazy in this one, by the way. Is it having seen so much war and had so little effect on it that drives him mad? I don't know, yeah, I, I guess, like, being redundant for 40 years has driven mm. him insane. J.J. Uh, Abrams, interestingly enough, also uh, goes into a bit of the philosophy behind Kylo's mask and why he's got it back. Oh, God. Um, he says having him be masked but also fractured because apparently the mask has been repaired but repaired like poorly 
yes. it's a very intentional thing like that classic japanese process of taking ceramics and repairing them right uh, post-traumatic growth yeah and so and how it breaks away it breaks in a way ugh, and how the breaks in a way define the beauty of the piece as much as the original itself as fractured as kylo ren is the mask is becoming a visual representation of that there is something about this that tells his history his mask doesn't ultimately hide him but reveals him and his behavior I don't really know why the mask's back. I don't think it really needs to be, but I guess that's as good a reason. I mean, that's more thought than probably Rian Johnson put into any given part of The Last Jedi. So, I'll just say that, you know, um, we appreciate that he's trying to resume his identity as a baddie. And I'm going to say baddie rather than supreme leader because it's, you know, it's on that level. Yep. Um, he wants to be a bad guy, but, you know, if I had Adam Driver, I would want to be showing his face as much as possible just because he's an excellent actor. But... Definitely. whatever i also will say there's a bit in here and i think i, I saw it on the internet as well where uh, adam driver actually like lays that foundation for um like he says that kylo ren's not just a baddie so and that obviously like all this stuff is quite controlled so mm. i i hope that's disney laying the groundwork for some interesting thing but i mean my theory on all these like lost jungle planets is probably like the the actual endor i guess maybe yes i i, I know they go back there right so it kind of has to be i think um, oh, will, will they definitely go back to Endor? Isn't that where the Death Star? Oh, because because the, the Death Star. Yeah. yeah. No, of course. Very very clever. Um, like, if if they're going to go for what we think they're going to go for, you know, <laughs> with time travel, there's a terrible, terrible irony, and like it's not enjoyable at all how ironic this is, but that they attempted to restart or continue something beloved and could have had a good go at it, but now we just it's doomed to return. <laughs> To what it was before indefinitely it seems i mean you know like with the with the rise of skywalker trailer that was mostly just clips from movies we've all seen a thousand times um i wanted to see the rise of skywalker you know i wanted to see the new characters but as we've said um had things gone differently with the second movie then maybe it could have could have had th th there was obviously a different resolution in mind colin trevorrow has talked about what his he was the he directed jurassic world and he was going to direct uh, what has now become the Rise of Skywalker, he seemed to have a very exciting treatment for it. But because of what's happened now, the question is if they can clean up enough to then take it through to a satisfying resolution. And I don't think it's anyone's fault, but I'm not really sure that that's possible. Yeah, I don't think it is. I mean, like I said, even... I mean, even if J.J. Abrams did, as he said uh, earlier in the year, went fuck it and, like, tried the most outlandish thing ever, like, mm. it's going to be, you know, one in a million size of a womp rat shot to to actually pull it off. <laughs> Next on the list, good sir, we have The Laundromat. Uh, Steven Soderbergh and Netflix combine to uh, try and make lightning strike uh, for the eighth time in a Steven Soderbergh heist film. <laughs> It's uh, it's. I mean, it's ridiculous. Early on in his career, you know, he wasn't so attached to this whole thing. I mean, his first movie, The Limey. The Limey's not a heist. <laughs> Limey's just about a fucking badass. You know, okay. it's I don't just a fucking. It. I don't know. I just think that as we're big fans of Soderbergh and his heist movies, you know, we love the Ocean's movies, even the second and third one to me, and we love Logan Lucky. But Logan Lucky to me seemed like a victory lap where. He was saying, look, I'm really good at this. You know I'm good at this. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you what you want. And it's going to be in a kind of dressed up in a fun and interesting way, which was it was a heist movie, but it wasn't cool and slick people doing it. Mm -hmm. It was 
you know, kind of yokels who you actually really related to a lot more than you do George Clooney and Brad Pitt. But for him to now decide that he's just going to do a similar thing again, but for the Panama Papers and money laundering, I just don't know how much more of this I have in me, man. Like, make a different fucking movie, for God's sake. I agree. I mean, like, considering this is the man that made, like, you know, my my guilty pleasure that is Haywire and Aaron Brockovich, like, it's just like, come on, guy. Like, (laughs) you got something in you. We were talking about this earlier. I really like Contagion. Contagion's not, like, a heist movie at all. I didn't even, yeah, exactly. I didn't even realize until you mentioned it that that was his film. It's like, yeah, it's like this, yeah, he's proven time and time again that he can do other things. I don't know why we, uh, I guess maybe he, Maybe really, he thinks the heist movie is the best way to explore ideas. Maybe he's like, I can really encapsulate like the working class struggle of a increasingly marginalized America through heist films, and now I can do the global uh, laundering economics that enable that shrinking working class in heist films. As we, as we previously discussed, I mean, if he's going to apply his kind of zany jazz flute tracking shot cool person formula to this subject matter you know money laundering international like legitimate money laundering in the form of the panama paper scandal the problem is is this has been done before you know adam mckay made the big short for better or worse and it almost seems as though he's copying someone else and you wouldn't you wouldn't it's a bit awkward being in a situation where an auteur like Soderbergh seems to be chasing a trend. I mean he's chasing a trend that like only he's engaged in though it's sort of like a a really weird and frenetic thing it's like he's like he's like oh i guess i've got a niche now but it's like you don't have it well you have a niche but you don't need to stay in it like i'm sure netflix would have hired you to make any number of things you've got more than enough accolades to your name like is he there's there's this weird thing where like everyone just turns him away unless it's a unless it's a heist film well yeah indeed actually and and that's kind of an interesting question and i think that they that may lead us on to the irishman speaking of people who you start to suspect they can't get any funding except if they're working within their niche the Irishman is about to come out. We're both going to be watching that one on day one. It's mm-hmm. a Netflix release, and the conflict I feel in me is Darth Vader levels of strong. I mean, I, I, I came up on Scorsese movies, and I love them dearly, but he hasn't made a good movie for a long time. The last good one I remember was The Departed in 2006. Yeah, so and long then ago. I remember, yeah, and then I remember Hugo. The Wolf of Wall Street is a good movie that, once again, is a retread of ground he's already been on the wolf of wall street the problem with that is it felt like a movie that someone who loved martin scorsese movies decided to adapt the book the wolf of wall street it was was like self-imitation and then there was silence which he said he was trying to get made for like 40 years and in the same vein as what you were saying people really didn't want to give him the money for it which was interesting because they were right i was about to say yeah to suck that might have been a yeah a a rare example of greed being good (laughs) yeah no (laughs) your thoughts on the irishman it's actually happening i mean i tell you what you know considering they couldn't get the money for the de-aging technology i saw the four stills of de niro's character i mean when and when they're not moving which again is a bad bad barometer for it but when they're not moving they look pretty good in the most recent trailer i found the other scenes with him when he's younger than he obviously is now Mm -hmm. to have way more convincing effects than the one they chose to go with in the reveal trailer and i think it may have been because that was a 360 pan but it does beg the question why you would include the worst looking vfx shot in your in your original trailer maybe, i mean the, maybe um, some weird fucking pr guy was like you lead with the worst one everyone will be impressed after that it's like <laughs> sure what a genius <laughs> but yeah no it, it looks fine i mean again maybe, i think it's probably just lowering expectations because i think you know anything good you just start in your mind to be 
better or anything bad, you just thought to be worse. So I think I just remembered it being fucking awful. And then I remembered it being like Acroman levels, like Django Fett's. Django Fett, Acroman levels are bad. And then I looked at yeah. it and I was like, oh, it's really okay. Quite excited, which I guess is more than I can say about Star Wars. Indeed. So I, I guess, yeah, I guess I guess only good things from me on the, on the, on the line of it. Obviously, I'm concerned. I think concern mm. is the right word for it. I'm also like, like, I think you've said this before as well, maybe on a different one, is that um, I'm worried that this might be it. And if it's obviously, a, it might be a pretty terrible send-off. Well, like like all, what well, I say like all, no, fuck it. Let's do it, let's have fun. Like all near-death old people, Martin Scorsese is, seems to be convinced and he's behaving as though he has like another 30 years in him. Because if you look at his um his projects that are actually on the table... There's quite a few, including ones he's been talking about getting off the ground for so long that it's just like, you know, it's it's almost like he's stumbling. I, I love Scorsese, by the way. I fucking love Scorsese, so I want that to be clear when I say something this disrespectful, but it's like watching a man shuffling around in a nursing home talking about getting, like, the band back together. Mm-hmm. Like, when he talks about doing the, um, the Sinatra movie yeah, with yeah. DiCaprio as Frank Sinatra, it's like DiCaprio is already too old to play any of the Sinatra roles of any of his eras. I mean, it's just, well, this surely isn't happening. So yeah, if if The Irishman is the full stop at the end of this career, I just really hope he has something to say in it that transcends most of what he said before. Because, I mean, he's, he's a victim of his own success. We were talking about The King of Comedy today. Mm-hmm. The man has imbued so much pathos in his movies. I mean, he's done the rock and roll movies like Goodfellas and stuff, but he's done Taxi Driver and The King of Comedy after hours is very funny um and also weirdly creepy at times and i just i i wonder what it is that he's going to bring to this which just seems to be another gangster picture that takes place over series over a series of eras that he hasn't already done before and the the most that i've been able to hope with you is that because this is about kind of like a union mob situation yeah there um, might have a bit more of that side of polit- of the the politics in it Exactly. I was, yeah. I'll have, I've got three things. I'll see if I can recall them as they uh, come up. So, I think the first one is uh, when you get to Martin Scorsese's age, probably it's pretty hard to tell because uh, obviously everyone's just younger than you. So he's probably like, well, Frank Sinatra was younger than me at that point, and Leonardo DiCaprio is <laughs> younger than me at that point. So, ergo, probably young enough to play. Number two <laughs> is a Marcus Aurelius quote, which goes, No man is old enough that he does not believe he will live another year, which I think very much applies to Scorsese nice like i think he's uh i I think that's his so he's like yeah of course i'll be around next year i can make my fucking sinatra film yeah but that's gonna take like 10 years (laughs) he's got you know that's just that's just 10 one years that's fine he'll be (laughs) (laughs) he's got that in him take Uh, that aurelius yeah (laughs) like uh it's a very strange like double act for like the month of october that we're getting Mm. like a king of comedy inspired superhero film or supervillain film and also what I think is supposed to be sort of like Scorsese's answer to like the sweeping gangster epic. Yes, indeed. It's a strange time. Um, (laughs) I hope that we stop falling back in on ourselves sometime in 2020. That's what I mean. Like it just all feels very regressive is the wrong word because obviously one of them is still the guy but then he, yeah, he's just retreating within his own niche again. Like it's so nostalgic. Yeah, yeah, it it's, is. Yeah. Moving on, we got Zombieland Double Tap. Zombieland Double Tap, uh, a movie that I think that we both saw in our teens. I remember watching it, thinking it was fine, laughing a lot, and I know that yeah, I'm rewriting history here. But if I was allowed to rewrite history, I'd definitely say that walking out of that movie, I was definitely comfortable in the knowledge that there was no reason for that to have a sequel. <laughs> And yet here we are. 
Yeah, no, I what? mean, I think I might have been, you know, despite being, what, probably two years older than you when I saw it, I was probably a little more naive, and I was like, oh man, I'd probably watch another one of those next year. And then, Fair enough. lo and behold, ten years ago past, I've graduated university and been working for several years, and they decide to pump out Zombieland 2. It's like, it's like Duke Nukem Forever. Yeah, it is. You, it's, you know, it's, it's like, it's not that no one ever wanted this, it's a game but it's people a... have changed so much. Yeah. Like, of course they don't want this anymore. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a property out of time. It's, uh, I mean, it's a good thing that the first one, unlike Duke Nukem, the first one didn't, unlike Duke Nukem, it didn't contain loads of misogyny in it, which became unpopular in the ensuing 10 years. I mean, all this one has is, uh, Jesse Eisenberg, who became unpopular in the ensuing 10 years. (laughs) But hey, that's fine. I mean, he seems to still be playing a World of Warcraft nerd, which I I think, uh, uh, when when he's supposed to be, what, like, in his mid to late 30s, and World of Warcraft hasn't existed for 10 years, is quite sad. Mm. Like, I mean, it hasn't existed for 10 years in the Zombieland film. I assume. Indeed. I, that maybe he found a server. <laughs> and yes, indeed. Indeed, like the fucking hardcore people. But they wouldn't survive the apocalypse. No. I want to say something in that vein, actually, Aaron. I saw in the most recent trailer that he was reading The Walking Dead and saying, this is awesome, but it's so unrealistic. At the time when the zombie apocalypse would have happened, so let's be generous and say that if the movie comes out in 2011, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So... It's definitely been going on for more than a year at that point. So I'm going to say minimum two. So 2009. At that point, The Walking Dead had been running for four years. What, the film? The, the, sorry, the no. TV series? No, the fucking... Oh, just the comic the, book the itself. comic book, okay. exactly. So it's just like, I don't know, he, he has like The Walking Dead and it's like, I'm not sure if it would have even gotten far enough along for it to be reflective of his experience in Zombieland Double Tap. Well, I don't well, know, also, I just thought it was be... really cheap. Yeah, definitely. And it also wouldn't be remarkable because the TV show hadn't rocketed it to, right? Yes. Like it never got yeah. made. So there's no, I mean, unless he just finds a comic book that happens to be relevant to us. I mean, he just loves Kirkman and Image Comics. Yeah, I guess that's I guess he happened just before Kirkman presumably succumbed to the zombie apocalypse, which I guess he'd be probably pretty chuffed about. Yeah, that's fucking. That's, a, I hadn't seen that. That's so yeah, that's so lame. I really hate. It was that. just it. It was just that classic cheap thing that they put in this sort of movie. And as an ex like hardcore Walking Dead fan, which is you know to my great shame that I admit that, but I was just like that was dumb. Like I was the person who you were trying to entice by having that shot in there, and I'm just annoyed. Yeah, I, I guess the thing at this point, I mean, I, I I guess they're just trying to create as broad a church for the few zombie fans that there are, and the majority of those are Walking Dead fans. So why wouldn't you go after them? If you were um, so if you were making this movie, Aaron. In fact, no, not even that. If you were marketing this movie, right. do you not think that you would try and show how it was moving to a new place? Because it looks like it just looks like a victory lap for Zombieland One. Like they've got Zombie Kills of the Week still. Um, they're that. in Jesus. places they should. Yeah, they're in places they shouldn't be, like the White House. But I, I would think that after this much time has passed, you would want to do much like The Walking Dead. You'd want to kind of twi- kind of try and switch up the formula, go into a time period that people hadn't explored before you know yep. maybe like the fe- the feudal society time period or something no definitely i mean i think the, fi- the, the 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 stupid thing about this is that there's that little girl who's now obviously a grown woman and supposedly she can probably drink as i mean and, and and supposedly they're still doing the same dumbass shit that they were eight nine years ago Mm. Like, like, name one thing in your life that you did like eight, nine years ago that you still do now. Like, and not, not, not including like the fucking zombie apocalypse on your door. Mm. Like, would they really find breaking stuff? Because I remember that was a big thing in number one, wasn't it? They just broke stuff sometimes. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, well, yeah, would you still find that endearing? Is there much stuff to break? No one's making anything anymore because apparently you've not started producing stuff again. How do you still have ammo for your guns? How, where, Just... where are you getting your food from? Do you collect rainwater now? Like, there, there's, so, there's, if you're gonna have these characters age, and you have to because one of them was an actual child and now isn't, then I want some fucking answers. Unless you've just been, yeah, borrowing for tomorrow from the last for the last nine years. Yeah, I mean, my closing comment on Zombieland Double Tap is: if this amount of time had passed and I was in the zombie apocalypse, breaking stuff and joking about Bill Murray, I would have killed myself already. Oh yeah, God, Bill Murray's gonna be back fucking in it. Jesus Christ. There's um, there's a, there's a tragic full series of full stops. In fact, it's only been full stops for the last couple of years. Just a rolling ellipsis on that man's career. I think it's probably momentarily satisfying being on a movie set of a director of which there are many who just say, "Oh, Bill, I loved your shit. You're so awesome. We're just gonna have you being Bill. You're just gonna be Bill on this one. You're just gonna be Bill fucking Murray, like the meme that you are." But yeah. Jesus, I mean, looking back on what 15 years of that now like how have you not killed yourself well i guess it makes pretty makes him feel better compared to the other one where it's like in ghostbusters like oh hello fucking bill you didn't want to be here but you're here now aren't you bill welcome to the fucking show bill oh do you want a seat bill Bill? you don't get a seat bill seats of people who wanted to be here you're contractually (laughs) obligated bill so what what else do we have what's Um, the next one next one is terminator dark i mean another time travel film all all i know about this one is that as as we've said someone who we know who i wouldn't expect to have this like particular disease but it turns out they're a hardcore terminator fan who will see anything that takes place in the terminator universe and explain to me apropos of nothing that this movie is the canonical sequel to terminator 2 judgment day because james cameron is back in the game and he's disregarded everything else which I find mind-boggling, and has almost made me interested in watching it. Well, he's he's got, he's got the rights back from Universal or whoever used to own it. Yeah. And now he's like taken loads of Chinese funding, and 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 I'm so I'm really interested to see where this goes. As I think you le- was it you who learned how little I know about Terminator when I thought that the T800 was Asian. So Aaron Aaron saw the Asian gentleman in this trailer who's dressed as the T1000 and was like, "Oh, they've brought back the T1000 the from Judgment yeah, Day." Like and <laughs> and it took it took minutes upon minutes of just prolonged outrage for me to convince him that I mean, not outrage, like it's a problem. I mean, it was more like amusement. I think it was uh, was disbelief. Uh, Yes, the the T1000 in Terminator 2 Judgment Day is not only not an Asian man, but he's like an extremely white man with like blonde hair. I I literally, that is not what I remember. But yeah, good news is we'll be watching that film soon. So we'll have the answers that I desperately crave as to what the hell happened. But yeah, so I mean, that's where I'm coming from on this one. I, I watched one and two. I don't really remember them. I don't really remember two that well. I re- think I watched three as well, and I I, I definitely watched Terminator Salvation with Christian Bale in the Beth cinema uh, because yeah. I always remember the Council of World Leaders in the submarine because that's Indeed. the best scene ever filmed. Uh, who, who also yes, who who get baited in the most obvious way possible to revealing their location and getting nuked. Exactly, that's their only act in the film. They they sit around. I think they might send him on a mission beforehand, and then they get baited and nuked. Love it. <laughs> So yeah, I didn't see Genesis, S-Y-S. Probably, I mean, like I said, if you go and see this, I'll go see it with you, but I'm probably not seeing it. I might just have to ear fuck you on it. 
I mean, now that he's uh, gladly <laughs> to, to to link it back in with the theme, the thing that annoys me is that I'm upset that this is what we have to talk about for winter 2019. I mean, it's, I don't want to be in an ideal world. I wouldn't even have time to talk about Terminator Dark Fate, and yet because I'm being so aggressively throat fucked by our capitalist masters, that's <laughs> one of the mainstays. It's occupying my headspace. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's one of the. It's one of like the yeah one of like the last big releases of the year and it's like and yeah what is it the sixth seventh Terminator film? Yeah. It just feels very tired. I mean all of these films were very tired. Not 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 one of these. Even the two of them that are technically not sequels, original films, are just two directors working their or beating their dead horse. Indeed. Like it's not... work, work in their own block. Yeah, exactly. The same old block. Yeah. And so yeah, Do... I'm not a. Uh not particularly enthralled but i mean like i said some of them i think will be interesting i think it will be funny as fuck to laugh at zombie land double tap but like fuck am i watching it in the cinema so i guess we'll have to have that one a bit further down the line oh man well you know what i, th I think that this is so sad that between us we can probably make a commitment to see all of these oh my god because i mean i do actually like going to the cinema it's true and i mean i mean i guess the thing is if not these then what <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, Rambo Last Blood. Sorry, of course. I, I literally just remembered I saw that on the front of a bus today. <laughs> Are you going to go watch the most racist film of the year, ever? It's it's really, really hard because we were both riding off the back of our Creed love and our general Sylvester Stallone worship. Mm -hmm. I wanted to like the idea of the kind of the Western Rambo movie, but when we knew so little about it, all it seemed that we were going to walk into was a kind of, I don't know, like a kind of the searcher's copy or something. It was, And I was down for that. I wanted him to evoke old westerns. But yeah, the, the press reaction has got me quite worried that it's pretty... Uh, pretty fascist dog whistly I mean. yeah i mean well, people keep calling it like the the maga action film and i am always worried again like they could be green booking us but yes. looking like you said looking at the trailer looking at uh everything associated with it i'm really worried yeah that it might have just uh gone in a, a weird direction and again i can given the time given the times we live in and given like the the, so, the culture the social culture that i imagine stallone exists in i can see why he thought this was acceptable but yeah perhaps it doesn't play well i tell you what because I, I was explaining to you that uh stallone has a history with this in the movies he made in the 80s one of which being cobra which is him fighting crime but it's like a criminal scourge that just he, he had a, a reagan era misunderstanding of what drove crime and it wasn't necessity i appreciate it's not always necessity but in his mind and in the mind of whoever wrote cobra it was just that they loved crime they loved causing pain and this movie seems like it might be a return to that which i think is a shame because he seemed to have matured as a writer and as a person yeah massively so i mean yeah. that's the thing like creed creed one and two really nice and again i don't like using this term really nice multicultural films like they're they're fun they they you know yeah they they, they have a you know a, a rich series of musical influences in them that you know there's a is stallone alongside black actors black directors there's no there was no indication that this was gonna be like this <laughs> quite it's quite yeah it feels like a bit of a punch out the dark like you said i guess it is founded in a, a deeper part of his career which is obviously very long at this point and quite hallowed i'll i'll close on this i mean because we're stallone worshippers and it certainly can't cost us at this point more than five pound to go and see last blood i'm happy to go once more into the breach with you and dissect 
whatever racism we may find. Oh, definitely. Well, in the form of last blood, especially after Greenberg, which hopefully will be up by this point. By the point anyone's listening to this, like I, I want to. I, I'm never gonna fucking believe what someone tells me about a supposedly problematic film ever again. Because yeah, yeah. Because I'll because it'll just get in there and he'll just be him eating fucking hot dogs for two hours and I'll be like, oh, I was fucking lied to again. It's these bloody Italians. They just like eating hot dogs. <laughs> There'll literally be a scene where he like votes for Bernie Sanders. Yeah, exactly. He'll, he'll walk in. Oh no! Like yeah, he'll he'll accidentally like trip and accidentally vote for Trump, and they'll be like, "Oh, <laughs> really? Sorry, can I take it back?" They're like, no. He like walks out dejected into the rain. Like, oh, I can't believe I'm a racist. <laughs> well, on that, yeah. I think uh, yeah, that's what we got to look forward to. We hope you'll you'll stick around to see our, our odyssey into the end of 2019. Obviously, then we get to look look forward to 2020 and the awards. So that'll be good. That's Hopefully what I'm more excited day. about. Yes. Well, subscribe to PewDiePie. I mean, Stallone's a racist. I mean, like and subscribe to Check for Traps. And that kid that PewDiePie told everyone to subscribe to. That, like, 12-year-old <laughs> kid that was sad he had no subscribers. But mainly us. Right. Fuck that kid. But, yeah, <laughs> in, in, indeed. Fuck that guy, whoever you are. See ya.